Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. In the meditations of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. Amen. Today's reading comes from Matthew, Ephesians, and Romans. First, from Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there with them. From Ephesians. Christ is our peace. He made both Jews and Gentiles into one group. With his body, he broke down the barrier of hatred that divided us. He canceled the detailed rules of the law so that he could create one new person out of two groups, making peace. He reconciled them both as one body to God by the cross, which ended the hostility to God. When he came, he announced the good news of peace to you who were far away from God and to those who were, who were near. We both have access to the Father through Christ by the one Spirit. So now you are no longer strangers and aliens. Rather, you are fellow citizens with God's people, and you belong to God's household. As God's household, you are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. The whole building is joined together in him, and it grows up into a temple that is dedicated to the Lord. Christ is building you into a place where God lives through the Spirit. And finally, from Romans chapter 12. So, brothers and sisters, because of God's good mercies, sorry, because of God's mercies, I encourage you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. This is your appropriate priestly service. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you can figure out what God's will is, what is good and pleasing and mature. Because of the grace that God gave you, I can say to each one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Instead, be reasonable, since God has measured out a portion of faith to each one of you. We have many parts in one body, but the parts don't all have the same function. In the same way that there are many of us, we are one body in Christ, and individually we belong to each other. We have different gifts that are consistent with God's grace that has been given to us. If your gift is prophecy, then you should prophesy in proportion to your faith. If your gift is service, devote yourself to serving. If your gift is teaching, devote yourself to teaching. If your gift is encouragement, devote yourself to encouraging. The one giving should do it with no strings attached. The leader should lead with passion. The one showing mercy should be cheerful. Love should be shown without pretending. Hate evil and hold on to what is good. Love each other like the members of your family. Be the best at showing honor to each other. Don't hesitate to be enthusiastic. Be on fire in the spirit as you serve the Lord. Be happy in your hope. Stand your ground when you're in trouble. And devote yourselves to prayer. 
contribute to the needs of God's people, and welcome strangers into your home. Bless people who harass you. Bless and don't curse them. Be happy with those who are happy, and cry with those who are crying. Consider everyone as equal, and don't think that you're better than anyone else. Instead, associate with people who have no status. Don't think that you're so smart. Don't pay back anyone for their evil actions with evil actions, but show respect for what everyone else believes is good. If possible, to the best of your ability, live at peace with all people. Don't try to get revenge for yourselves, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. It is written, Revenge belongs to me. I will pay it back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. By doing this, you will pile burning coals of fire upon his head. Don't be defeated by evil, but defeat evil with good. Here ends the reading. <clears throat> For those of you who may not know this, I uh, I don't live in the United States. I'm originally from the United States, but I live in Tokyo, Japan, and I've been here for almost four years now. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and um, uh, maybe it's three years. Anyway, I've been here for a long time, and, and uh, I was here for about six months before I went back to, to get my family to bring them. I was here by myself for about six months. And when I went back uh, to get them, I went through um, LAX airport in, in Los Angeles with my first stop. And I remember very vividly that when I landed in the airport and uh, got off the plane, I was, I was hit with this, this wall of sound. Um, the airport was busy and loud. People were talking on their phones and um, talking to each other and laughing and having a good time, I guess, and getting ready for their flights and things. It was um, disconcerting. It's not the right word. It was, it was a strange experience for me because... Of course, I had grown up in the United States, and, and my family um, is very loud and talkative and boisterous, um, but I had been in Japan for six months, and Japan is a very quiet country, very quiet. So I wasn't used to the noise. When you walk through the streets in, in Tokyo, uh, not in, maybe not in central Tokyo, not in the bustling um, you know, city part of Tokyo, but in the just kind of average parts of Tokyo, um, or out here where I live, out, out in the rural, more rural area for sure, it's quiet. Even even in suburban areas in, in central Tokyo after maybe 10 p.m., um, it is, it's just deathly quiet everywhere you walk. You can hear a pin drop. It's so quiet. When you ride the trains here, um, this is one of the things that, that I noticed immediately the first time I rode the train in Tokyo, the trains are just quiet. No one talks. No one's having phone conversations. 
Um, no one's listening to loud music. I mean, it happens. All of those things happen sometimes, but they're unusual. And this distinction, the reason why it's so quiet, is, a, is an important distinction between American society and societal norms and Japanese society and societal norms. And it has to do with the difference between individualism and the good of the group. In Japan, places are quiet not because people um, don't want to talk, don't want to talk on their phone, don't want to play games, don't want to listen to, to music, but because they feel that it's, in the, it's uh, best for the group as a whole that they don't do those things. It is expected of them to think first about the good of the group before their own their own personal good. Now, there are pluses and minuses to this, of course. Um, you know, Western culture, uh, European culture, and especially American culture, uh, has kind of uh, instilled this idea of kind of rugged individualism for a long time, especially in, in the U.S. Uh, this idea that... that uh, you can pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, that you are your own person, that your individual ideas and, and um, concerns are the most important. But it's done this in a, in a large uh, sense at, at the... Um, at, a, at a, a loss to the community, to the aspect of the community, you know. Um, when I moved in uh, to my house here where I am now, and again, this isn't true in maybe in central Tokyo because central Tokyo is such a bustling metropolis, but where I am kind of out in the suburbs, when I moved in, um, you know, the neighbor across the street said hi when she saw me and the, the local um, neighborhood association chairperson came down and introduced herself and um, asked if I was going to join the neighborhood association and, you know, asked where I was from and talked about my family and... You know, I mean, uh, if you kind of get to know the people around you. You know, when I lived in the U.S., um, except for the time when I lived next to my best friend for, for many years, other than that, I, I hardly ever knew my neighbors. You know, it was very much focused on myself and my own things and, you know, what was mine and what was my right to be mine. And I'm not saying that Japan is you know, utopia or anything. Uh, there's lots of problems here as well. And certainly there's also lots of individual rights here. And people do have very strong individual rights and very strong ideas of, of personal property ownership and things like that. Don't get me wrong. But there's just this difference in outlook. And it's so ingrained in the culture that it even shows up in the language. Uh, you know, the Japanese language has these built-in ideas about in-group and out-group. And when you, when you talk uh, to different people, you use different language depending on whether the person you're talking to is in the in-group or not that you're talking about at, at any given time. So, uh, you know, in a company, in a traditional Japanese company, often all of the people who were hired the same year are in an in-group, for example. Um, your people you went to school with are in, are in an in-group. Your family is in an in-group. And depending on how you're navigating those different groups, um, your language changes uh, to, to represent membership or, not, or non-membership in those groups. So group identity and welfare um, is very central kind of to the everyday life in Japan. But not so much in the West, and especially not, not in the U.S. And I think that over the past 
um, you know, 100, 200 years, especially, uh, Christianity in the West, uh, but again, especially in the United States, has become more and more of an individual task. It's become more and more about about one's own beliefs and one's own salvation. And certainly the idea of eternal damnation, the idea of eternal torment, um, which we as universalists uh, don't believe in, but that idea has driven some of that. Because if you are concerned that you are going to go to hell and, and burn forever in eternal fire for your choices, and um, there's no way you can, you know, that if you don't, if you don't, <clears throat> if you're not saved, there's no way you can, you can possibly get out of it, ever. Um, then you are going to focus on salvation for yourself. And you're not going to be, you're going to be interested in your community, of course, and you're going to be interested in your family, of course. But it becomes more and more individualized, more and more about your own personal religious um, experience and certainly personal spirituality is important i'm not i don't want to downplay that either but it's it's a balance you need to find a balance before i was uh, a christian before i was in the in the christian church i studied buddhism for for many years and um one of the things i found that was so interesting is that from my experiences, Buddhism is very focused on uh, the individual. So it's very focused on one's own enlightenment, one's own path to enlightenment. And of course, of course, Buddhists have social betterment programs. They support the communities. They, they're trying to make the world a better place in general, just, just as Christians are, just as other many religious traditions try to do. And so, of course, it, it's not like they're, you know... Um, avoiding the world completely and just focused inwardly on themselves. But but as a general kind of spiritual practice, it's it's very individualistic. And that was kind of the thing that I found with Christianity that, that I appreciated coming out of Buddhism was the focus on community. And that community was really central to to Christian practice and is really central to Christian practice. And I think that this is, a, this is a, in this time of pandemic, in, in this time of social distancing, this is especially difficult. But uh, even not in this time, when you have communities online, you have internet communities, this is also especially difficult. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm of the generation that grew up online. And, and uh, you know, I had friends across the country uh, that I talked to every day on the computer uh, from the time I was in middle school, you know, and I am no, I'm no, um, uh, I, I'm no stranger to online communities, and how important they can be and how meaningful they can be. But an online community requires a lot more focus and a lot more um, determination, uh, let's say, than the meeting in person. So. I know that church membership can be a strange thing to talk about as an online community, but I think it's important that we do talk about it, and I think it's important that we think about the theological and scriptural background behind the church and behind church membership as well, uh, because it's gone through a lot of, there's been a lot of discussion about it over the years, and, 
and I think we as a community should have a discussion about it, and I think that I should start that by kind of expressing my own my own thoughts on it. So our reading today, the first one was from Matthew, and, and that, that reading is probably the most famous, um, <laughs> one of the most famous readings in, in Christianity, I think. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there with them. This is uh, the foundation of, of the church. And, and there's as long as more. This, this, this is a con the context here is good too. But this, is, this sentence is so, is so meaningful. Wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I am there with them. This is what the church is in, in very simple terms. And that's what we want to do today. We want to kind of pick apart what is the church? What, is it, what does it mean to be a member of the church? Um, and so at its very core, the church is this people who have come together in the name of Jesus Christ to worship God um, and to um, make the world a better place. <clears throat> that's, that's, you know, the, the general, to, to worship God and, and to, love, to love their neighbor. Um, and then we have this, this reading uh, by Paul from his letter to the Ephesians, and he's talking about how uh, God has taken these different groups of people and has joined them together. And he says that, you know, God has broken down the barrier of hatred that divided us. He's canceled the detailed rules of the law so that we can create a peaceful group together. He's reconciled everyone together by the cross. When he came, um, he announced the good news to everybody, not just to, the, to, the, to any one group of people. Um, and that we all have access to God through Christ by the Spirit that we are no longer strangers. We are fellow citizens with God's people. We belong to God's household. As God's household, we are built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ himself as the cornerstone. And then we have this reading, uh, again by Paul from, the, from Romans, where Paul talks about uh, lots of things about the church and church membership, but especially about uh, this thing about... Uh, that each person is given a different role. That the that if you think of, if you think about the church as the body of Christ, a body has many parts. It has a head, and it has a hand, and it has arms and legs, um, feet and mouth and ears and eyes, and they all do different things. But not none of them are unimportant. We we uh, we care about all of them, and we need all of them in our lives. And of course, there's some ableist language here that I want to I want to be aware of. You know, Paul wasn't thinking about about um, folks with handicaps, folks who were, you know, um, who are blind, or, or folks who are uh, missing a limb or something when he was doing this. And of, and of course, you know, his his uh, his intention was not to to push those people away. His intention was to, was to use the body as a metaphor only. So we have to be aware of that. But what he's saying is that all of those people that are part of the church, all of them are important to God. All of them can serve God and serve their neighbor in some, in some important way. And this is really important. I think we, you know, um, there's a, there's a, a desire in any human community to seek out like minded people and to push away people who are not like minded to create an us versus them kind of mentality. And I think it's very important that the church not do this, uh, at least to a certain degree. There are, of course, there are things 
um, but we have to say, you know, no, this is what we believe as, as our church community. And we have to draw the line on, on certain things. But we try as hard as we can to be welcoming to all kinds of people um, who have all kinds of beliefs, who have all kinds of backgrounds, um, you know, people we don't get along with sometimes. You know, I've, I've uh, served at several different communities, and there were certainly people that, that used to bug me in the congregation, you know. But over time, you get to know them better, and you grow to like them, or not to like them, at least to appreciate them for who they are. And that's kind of what it is. That's, that's what makes Christianity different, in my opinion, is you're, you're kind of forced to, to not only put up with this random group of, of people who, who are broken and damaged, who are, who are trying their hardest, uh, who are, you know, always slipping up and messing up and causing problems and, and, and making mistakes because that's what it is to be human. You know, everybody does that. But you have to take this group, and you maybe you like the people, maybe you don't, and you, and you got to get along with them. You know, and, and um, you have to... God, God asks you to, to find ways to work together with them, uh, to worship God and, and to, to care for your neighbor, and to be a community together, despite those differences. And that is a, is a tall order. It's a difficult thing to do. It's hard for us to do. And we often fail at it. We often make mistakes. And uh, these mistakes are, frankly, part of why people are less interested in church membership these days. Uh, you know, a lot of people have been pushed away from the institutional church for all kinds of reasons. But especially because they see it as corrupt or as problematic or as... Um, misogynistic, too hierarchical, um, just all kinds of things. All kinds of things can be wrong with the church as an organization. And yet, you know, when I read scripture, I, I see that God calls us to be in community. This is one of the reasons why I like the Trinity. And it's, you know, I, I think that uh, you don't need to believe in the Trinity to, to be a Christian. I, I know that people will argue with me about that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in uh, in the uh, essentials, unity, and in everything else, liberty. And so, you know, I just, I just don't think that trin the Trinity is an essential component um, to Christian belief. Now, it's very meaningful to me, personally, and I, I find it very meaningful. And in, in my own understanding of Christianity, I certainly think it's kind of fundamental. But I don't think it's a, it's a, it's a doctrine worth um, saying, no, you, you're not a Christian because you don't believe in this. I mean, I think that's just not, that's not it. So... For folks who don't believe in the Trinity, it's totally fine. But one of the things I find so meaningful about the Trinity is that in the Trinity, we see God in relationship with God's self. It means that God is a relational being by God's very nature. And this relationship, this relationality, this ability to be in relationship and desire to be in relationship is, is fundamental um, to the faith, I think. And so I think that it's, it's very difficult to move forward in Christian discipleship, to move forward in your spiritual journey as a Christian in isolation. I think that um, it, certainly you can study theology, you can pray, you can, uh, you, can um, you know, worship God and, and help your neighbor. You can be a good person in the world. You know, you can, you can do all those things without a community. Absolutely. But it's much harder. <laughs> it's actually much harder to do those things in a community. You people always say, oh, it's much easier. But I, I disagree. It's harder 
because, um, you know, if I'm out in the world and I'm trying to live up to uh, what God has asked me to do and someone's really getting on my nerves, you know, maybe I'm never going to see that person again because the random person on the street or, you know, uh, in a meeting with some other company or something, and, you know, I can just ignore what what I feel like I've been told I need to do and I can just say, you know what, I just can't deal with this person this time. I'm just going to let that go and I'm not going to, whatever. But in a community, you're going to set that person over and over again and you're going to work with that person over and over again. And not only that, uh, you're hopefully, you know, I'll talk to this in a minute, much closer with that person than you would be with just a random stranger on the street. So it, it makes it harder because it, it forces you to deal with those things that you don't want to deal with. So I feel that church membership is very important. Now I also want to talk about the church universal um, and the church um, or the church visible and the church invisible, let's say. The church universal and the church local. The word church is an overloaded word. It means lots of different things. And it's important that we be clear about what we're talking about. So I, I want to say that, you know, I believe in, a, in, in, first of all, in the church universal, the church Catholic with a small c, church universal, which means all of the believers, all, all of the Christian Christians in all of the world, who, no matter what church, local church they belong to, no matter what denomination they belong to, I, I believe that we're all one church. I don't, I don't think that, you know, the Presbyterians and the Methodists and the Baptists and the Episcopalians and, uh, you know, the Pentecostals are separate churches. I don't think, you know, I don't think those other folks are not Christians just because they're not in my branch of Christianity. I think we're all one church. And I think in that way, if, if you think of the local church as being your family, then these are your cousins. These are your, these are your cousins, your, your, your more distant relatives that you see less, less often, but they're still your family, right? And then the local church is the local community of, of worshipers and believers that you are a part of. And I think the local church is very important. I also personally believe, and again, this is one of the things that I think is not essential, but it's useful to me. I personally believe in the church um, visible and the church invisible. So the church invisible in this case means the, the perfect church as Christ meant it to be everywhere that we are all members of in kind of a, in a um, mysterious way, in a mysterious way we're, we're members of. Whereas the church visible are the actual organizations that exist in the world. The local congregations, denominations, you know, church hierarchies, whatever, parachurch ministries, whatever whatever those are. That's the church visible that we can actually see. And both are important to, to keep in mind. But going back to what I said, I think it's important that you be in a local church. Um, and the reason for this is because it forces you to grow. And, and to be in community with people. And I think it's also important to understand what it means to join a church. Uh, I'm, I'm not uh, against belonging to multiple churches and multiple congregations. Um, certainly I've been in this situation before. But I think that when you do that, you at least have to have, to have an understanding uh, in your own mind about the, the I guess, priority or standing of those churches and i'll give you a great example so um my my home church 
uh, in my heart <laughs> is Grace North Church in, in Berkeley, California, where I'll actually be preaching um, next week uh, via Zoom, of course. And that's the church where I was really formed and, and you know, got into Christian ministry, even though I was only there for a year. It was so, so meaningful to me. And I still, I still talk to the members of that church. I'm still involved in, in things. I'm coming to preach. You know, I'm, I'm following along. I'm, I'm good friends with, with lots of folks there. And um, they're kind of the most, the closest to me. Now, I'm, I was also a member of um, Trinity Church of Austin in Austin, Texas, because I was serving there as an assistant minister. And in the polity of the UCC, United Church of Christ, uh, the minister belongs as a, as a member to the church which they're serving. Uh, and I'm also really close with those folks. I'm, you know, I, I'm, I uh, still go there when I when I go into town. I'm, you know, I, uh, I have my mother's funeral there. I'm, I talk to the church members. They follow my life on Facebook and, and things. But those two churches have a very different place in my heart. And I would put um, uh, Grace North kind of above Trinity in in a in a, in a hierarchy of. Um, of covenantal relationships. And this is where it gets really important. Uh, one of the reasons why people think that multiple church memberships doesn't make any sense sometimes is because of this idea of covenantal relationships. So to back up a bit, I know I'm, there's a lot going on today and I apologize, but to back up a bit, there's this idea that uh, I think it's really important when you, when you join a, ch a church formally. So, you can attend the church for a long time, especially this church. You know, uh, Community Universalist Church doesn't require you to join to take part in in um, communion, to to be involved in whatever way. Um, you know, you don't have to be a member to do those things. Um, you have to be a member to vote, and um, you have to be a member to um, hold office and to do some other things. But you don't have to be a member just to come and be part of our community. And we want people to come and not feel like they have to join to be to be part of our community. And in, in our bylaws, we've even created a, um, a group for folks who want to be affiliated with the church but don't want to be full members called uh, Friends of the Church. So you can still affiliate with us in, in, in a more formal way but not be a formal member of the church. So uh, I want to keep that in mind. Like I'm, I'm not against people who just come to church and are not, are not members. I know some people are, but I'm, I'm not. But I think... Membership and, and being a member of a congregation is important because what it does is it, it, it signals it signals to God, it signals to yourself, it signals to the other members your intention to be a member of the community and to, uh, in a way, to kind of submit yourself to the community. And I don't mean that in any kind of, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, bad way. I don't mean that in, you know, in throwing your reason out the door, just doing whatever the community says and listening to, you know, whatever they say. But it, but it, it means, um, being in, in community with them, being, being in a, in a covenantal relationship with the church. And it means accountability. Um, you know, I think accountability is really important in your spiritual life, R regardless of what, of what religious tradition you're in, it's important to be accountable to somebody outside yourself. Now, maybe you don't listen to everything they say, but you still have to be accountable to them. You still, they still need to be able, you have someone who can come to you and say, look, you know, as your friend, as your 
as your um, fellow member of this of this community, as your you know brother or sister or sibling um, in in Christ, as they say in, in a lot of communities. I really feel like I need to t talk to you about this thing that's going on. I see this in in your life, and I'm concerned for you. For example, or vice versa. You know, the minister is of course. Um, in a covenantal relationship with the, with the church members as well, and you know it's totally fine for for church members to come up and say, you know, minister, I, I you know, Reverend Andrew, I, I feel like there's this thing going on, and I really want to talk to you about it. I feel like this is, I feel like you've you've stepped out of covenant here, like you're not you're not um, uh, living in in uh, in faithful community where you should be. Uh, we have to be careful because we don't want legalism. We don't want, we don't want, you know, we don't want, um, we don't want people to be ostracized or to be, you know, to feel like we're, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to watch people's Facebook pages and social media and be checking in on them, you know. Um, I remember I attended a church for a while and, and every time someone came up to, to do communion, there was somebody with a pad to paper and they would write down everybody who came up and did communion. You know, and I thought it was real. I thought it was so creepy because it's like watching everything about you. So it's not about that. It's not about control. It's not about control, but it's about not everything being individual. It's about not everything being about you, but about giving up some little bit of your individuality, some little bit of your own um, self uh, self direction to the community, and saying, you know. I'm trusting in this community to help me grow spiritually, to bring me closer to God, to bring me closer to Christ. And in order to do that, I'm going to accept the the um, suggestions and the and the ideas and the the, um, the things that this community tells me. Um, you know, not blindly, of course, but I'm going to give it a real chance. And when I'm when I fail. Which I, which I will. Everyone will fail. Everyone will make mistakes. Everyone will do something wrong. You know, I expect the community to, you know, correct me lovingly in a loving way, and to bring me back into a restorative, you know, to restore me to um, to the community and and to, you know to a, to a good relationship. And at the same time, the church as a, as a community affirms publicly that, that they are going to take you in that they are going to look after you they are going to they are going to going to help you with your with your spiritual um progress and just with your life in general i mean you know i, I think that um a church community can be can be like a family it can be like, like a like a close-knit family with you know aunts and uncles you don't like and <laughs> you know and favorite and favorite cousins and siblings and stuff of course but but still like a family and that you can you can have people that you can really rely on you can really turn to in times of need when you when you need somebody to talk to so i think that's what it means and i know that was a long discussion and um kind of rambling at times and i apologize but it was a lot i have a lot to talk about and i i could say more than this um i could really say more but i wanted to try and make folks see why i think that membership is important so just to to uh, to sum up, <laughs> you know, Christ had a small community, and Christ uh, thought obviously Jesus thought that community was very important, 
he had his 12 and then he had the the uh, the other apostles that he sent out um, the disciples that he sent out beyond the 12 uh, you know the early church had the same idea that, you know everyone sat together everyone was equal together it was a revolutionary idea at the time and it's still the revolutionary idea that everyone came together and was equal with one another and was with a family together like a single like all the parts of a single body like members of a single family right all together um, and this idea is so important and so central to Christianity I feel like you can't um, you can't move past a certain point in your own spiritual uh, journey as a Christian without really joining a community in some way and you can you, know, you can attend a church and and you can listen to the sermons and you can you know make friends and you can be in the discussion groups and the bible studies and everything and you will certainly get a lot out of that and you don't have to join don't have to be a member but i think that if you really want to to really live in to the christian message to the, what the christian um uh what Christ is trying to tell us, what Christ is trying to get us to do, you have to do that in community with one another. You know, when I went to seminary, uh, that's what it was like. I was in a very tight-knit community with all the other people going to seminary. And I didn't get along with all of them, um, but I but I appreciated them. And, I, and when they would come to me and when they would bring me um, a concern or a thought or, you know, uh, uh, an alternate idea from how I believed because it was a wide, diverse group of people, you know, I took them very seriously. I listened to them very intently. I, I really thought this is a person who is, you know, who I am um, in covenant with. I really need to pay attention and, and listen to them and make sure I understand what they're saying. And it's the same. It's the same with the church community. So I invite you, if you feel so called to do so, to, to think about joining, officially joining Community Universalist Church. Um, we're going to have a process involved to do that. It's, it's made a little more difficult because of the the um, nature of online communities you know some people might be very active as far as watching the sermons but then we never see them in the facebook group because they only watch the sermons on youtube for example so it's hard to tell you know how how active people are and in a physical church we would see you on a regular basis and so we would be able to tell if you're here or not and if you're not we'd be able to check in on you and make sure you're okay and all those things that's much harder to do in an online community and so we need to be intentional about the process of becoming a member because we don't want people to rush into it. We want people um, who, who become members to, to feel that they are really, they really have a connection to the community beyond just, hey, I showed up this week and thought, you know, I, I need to be saved so I'm so I join this community. Like we want to have, we want you to have a real connection with the community. And so it'll take a while to become a member. Um, you know, it won't, it won't happen overnight, um, but it's an important thing and it's a meaningful thing to do. Yeah, so that's what I have to say about that. <laughs>